Asia Pacific currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning, and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the sixteenth of December. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Mora. What a cheerful introduction, Giselle. Well, That's you know, a nice change. It's the second last show. I thought I'm looking forward to time away from you. What more to be cheerful about? Grasshopper, I'll make you even more <laughs> cheerful. It's、uh, today actually, our last it, it's session. It's the last show, not the <laughs> this second. This is our last show. I was going to turn up next Saturday <laughs> morning. Ah,、right. oh, well, that well that explains my cheer. That's right. That's right. And and you're、anyway, welcome to、um, everyone here. But of course, we'll be back in Fe- next year in February, the first Saturday of February will be our comeback after our summer break. So a big comeback, listeners, and you know, hold on to your seats for that. That's right. So don't panic. And thanks to、um, Annie for a, another very interesting solidarity breakfast. Program and the music that you were listening to、um, was called Australia by the Burundian drummers or Burundian drummers. So they, I really like the drums. So that was、um, that was great. And um, um, I don't know, I forgot what I was going to say. So、um, what's、uh, and who, of course, who brings you this program,、um, <laughs> Giselle? I, I just thought I'd continue to let you flail, Pierre, because you know it's not like me to save you on air or anything. That's, that's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. You can find us on the web, all the w's dot a a w l dot org dot au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so find us on those social media platforms. Which you can also email us at a a w l at a a w l dot org dot au. We do have big news for you today,、um, so we will start with the news from around the region in just a moment. But in the second part of the program, we're bringing a live interview this、uh, this week. We don't often do international live interviews, but we've got one this morning with our comrades in the Philippines in relation to a、um, a women. Dominated workers' strike in the Philippines, and we'll be speaking with Alnem,、uh, Arnel rather, from、um, the Labor Party of the Philippines. What's that dispute about, Pierre?、Uh, that dispute is about the.、Uh, it's actually an ele- electronics、um, company. I just have some notes here. Funny enough, Giselle,、uh, it's actually called the Lake Power Converter. Company in the Cavite Economic Zone, and we've talked about these free trade zones before. They've been on on strike for probably about two weeks now, and、uh, they went on strike to protest against unfair labour practices, as well as union busting. A number of、uh, labour organisers got sacked. The um, the um, the company had terminated、uh, six union officials, women, well, while many other labour activists were actually suspended. They've set up a, a picket line, but unfortunately, a number of them、uh, have been injured、uh, this week when thugs、uh, repeatedly attacked them.、Uh, attacked the picket line, actually attacked them three different times、uh, in on one night. So.、Uh, It'll be very interesting to hear what Arnel's got to say. And before you go on to the next item, 
I remember we did promise last week uh, that yes, we the were Iranian going. prisoners. That's right. And we have been trying to get it. We have been in communication. But as you can um, guess, it, um, to get to Iranian prisoners or the ones that have just been released, it's not the easiest thing. There's a lot of security and other issues to work out. And unfortunately, we just weren't able to do it. But we are still in communication. And so we will bring you that uh, interview in February of next year. So it will get done. We're going to kick off news from around the region with the results of the dock workers dispute here in Melbourne, Australia. The dispute that started in late November over the dismissal of an active unionist at one of the port terminals in Melbourne has been won with the company agreeing to reinstate the worker. This outcome was achieved through the determination of his fellow workers, the Maritime Union of Australia, and the support of many other workers and unionists. In spite of legal threats, workers created a 24-hour community assembly outside the gates of the International Container Terminal Services operations. ICTSI has been on a global offensive against workers in a bid to keep its operations free of union influence so that it could pay workers less and make them work longer. And of course, the workers in that particular area um, near WebDoc all recognise that if ICTSI succeeded in driving wages down and smashing that union, that uh, all of their jobs would be at risk. Now, Giselle, you went down a few times to that um, community assembly. I, I did go down a few times. That's Thank right. You, so, um, and so just for the listeners, for the ones that weren't able to go down, I have to say um, I only went down twice and I actually had set aside today to go, but it's finished. Yeah. So, so what was the feeling? What was the... Um... Look, it was um, it was hard going a lot of the time and it was a highly automated dock. So, um, you know, the, that particular dock had employed 54, 58 workers compared with some of the other locations there that had in excess of 700 workers. So this is the cost of automation, um, particularly when you don't have a planned economy and transitioning workers from that particular area and skill set into something else. Um, we, most listeners, if if you don't know now, will very soon know that um, a new formation um, has come together called Workers Solidarity and Workers Solidarity was responsible for um, coordinating the community assembly um, and that organisation is still, or that formation is still um, discussing its structure and uh, I think what's next is to form some regional networks so that, you know, if something breaks out in Geelong or Portland, we saw the Portland dispute uh, last year I think it was, um, that we that we're able to activate and mobilize very quickly. So if listeners you're interested in being involved in or connected to Workers Solidarity, you can email us at we.r.workers.solidarity or just simply we are workers solidarity with the two S's in there at gmail.com and we'll put you straight on that contact list. All right, fantastic. Thanks um, for that, Giselle. Um, and now I have to say, I actually numbered, I always number our um, news items, whatever, but since you jumped to uh, the Philippine dispute, that was my number two, so we might go as well to your number three. Certainly. <laughs> um, and in, we're in India. Last week, the state government of Bihar in northern India 
India ordered that 80,000 allied health workers be sacked for taking strike action. The dispute began at the start of this month when tens of thousands of health workers employed on short-term contracts demanded regularisation of their employment status and equal pay for equal work. These workers include nurses, accountants, lab technicians and local health managers. The dispute in, uh, on, is ongoing with workers taking direct action with, their gov- with the government trying to employ new health workers in a bid to break the strike. I mean, and the, the thing I always amazed in India is always the numbers that come come from out there. That unimaginable mean, for us. That's Completely right. unimaginable. That's right. Uh, now we go to a um, uh, bit of a, a, a tragic uh, story, and unfortunately. The reports are coming out this week from Iran that jail labour activist Reza Shahabi has suffered a stroke that has left him partially paralysed. Nevertheless, prison authorities are denying his family's request for Reza to be transferred to a hospital outside of the prison. Now, as regular listeners would know, because we have uh, talked to him, talked about him many times, Reza is one of the heroes of the Iranian labor movement, having been a founding member and treasurer of the Syndicate of Workers of Tehran and Suburbs Bus Company. He has spent many years in jail for his labor activism. Earlier this year, he undertook a long hunger strike in protest at his treatment and released a solidarity letter to workers all around the world. Um, and you can go to our website um, tomorrow and you'll, you'll have links to these. There is now um, a solidarity campaign calling for his immediate release. And now looking at Thailand this week, there was a demonstration at the Democracy Monument in central Bangkok by scores of activists against the undemocratic nature of the current military-crafted constitution. Activists had to be very careful so as not to breach any of the junta's repressive policies against freedom of expression. A separate protest has been announced for Friday, December 15, that will test the junta's repressive public assembly law. Meanwhile, the crackdown on any dissent and critics continues. Recently, octogenarian writer Sulak Sivaraksa was charged under the Les Majeste Act, while Anon Numpa, a human rights lawyer, has been charged under the Computer Crime Act. We're still calling for free all political prisoners in Thailand, abolish Article 112 and end the military dictatorship. But I tell you what, what's so inspiring about that is the... um, the resolve, the mass collective resolve to defy the laws in a strategic, organised demonstration. I wonder, Pierre, I wonder if we'll see that here in Australia. Uh, that's a very good question. That's a question for 2018, isn't it? But um, well, we can always not only hope and, and work towards it. And, uh, and in that uh, item, we actually did say the demonstration was happening on Friday the 15th, which is actually yesterday. yesterday. But I haven't got any. But but tomorrow when we put it on the um, news site, we'll make sure that we have an update to see how that demonstration went. We now go to um, to Turkey, where the global uh, giant Posco is one of the world's largest steelmaking company with factories located all around the world. In Turkey, it has fired scores of union members from its steel plant in Kochali in Turkey. The current total of dismissed labour activists now stands at 80 um, as with other large uh, chabals that organised in South, originated in South Korea, POSCO has a no union policy. POSCO has been involved in bitter disputes before, such as in 2006 in South Korea, where a um, worker was actually killed, and a few years ago in northeastern India. 
South Korean POSCO workers have expressed solidarity with the Turkish counterpart and have urged them to keep fighting. So um, all the best for you, comrades. Uh, And we're now looking at the international garment industry. The garment industry is one of the most brutal internationally with a constant race to the bottom dynamic employed by companies as they scour the world for the cheapest labour they can exploit. Nevertheless, constant pressure is having some positive effects with global brand H&M promising to start paying a living wage to its workers from 2018. Such a step would be a tremendous win, but will only come via workers' mobilisations. In a related matter, another major problem for workers is companies closing their factories and leaving their workers owing months of wages plus severance and termination pays. The other thing in relation to H&M's promise to pay a living wage to its workers is how it defines its workers given the structure of the global garment industry. So a win and certainly uh, goodwill, if you can say that, from a company the size of H&M, but definitely not a time to get complacent. No, no, and it's still a promise as well. But I've actually seen um, someone did some simple mathematics of um, even uh, uh, considering all the subcontracting as their uh, employees and basically seeing that um, the company so is worth so much money that paying all of them and leaving wage, probably you know doubling the wages, would be hardly a dent in their profits. It's just um, incredible. Um, but anyway, that's the end of our news roundup for the for the week. Um, you can um, find those uh, details on our website from tomorrow night, um, and uh, we'll go to a couple of community announcements, and then we'll be back uh, hopefully with our live interview with um, Anel from the uh, Labour Party of the Philippines about that dispute at the Lake Power Converter Electronics uh, Company in, um, in Manila. You are invited to Sampari Exhibition, celebrating West Papuan culture. Sampari, a series of events supporting the West Papuan people's goal for self-determination. Art, discussion, spoken word performance, debate and Melanesian food and culture. Friday, 8th December at 6pm till Sunday, 17th December. ACU Gallery, 26 Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. Go to Sampari Exhibition Facebook or DFAIT West Papua website. Sampari, brought to you by Federal Republic of West Papua Women's Office, a 3CR supporter. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now.
You are listening to Community Radio 3CR. It's 20 minutes past nine o'clock. We're going to go straight into our interview with Comrade Arnell from the Philippines Labor Party. Good morning, Arnell. Thank you very much for um, um, participating and agreeing to interview. And uh, again, uh, for the people that uh, might not be uh, aware, it is very early there in, uh, in Manila. So thank you very much for, um, for agreeing to be interviewed. Uh, good morning to, to you and uh, your listeners. Um, we'll go straight to the dispute. We gave a, um, a very quick um, summation of the dispute that is happening at the Light Power Converter Company, which is in electronics factory. Um, we said that um, there were a number of union and, and labour activists who were uh, terminated um, are we led to believe that the company is trying to have an, a no union policy at this company? Yes. Uh, it's not just make power, but uh, most of, uh, practically all of the factories at the Cavite Export Processing Zone uh, are using unit busting or use union uh, avoidance schemes to prevent the formation of independent unions that could uh, bargain and uh, fight for improvement of their uh, living and working conditions. And um, the factory, um, I believe, employs over 200 workers, mostly um, women workers? Yeah, that is right. Uh, I think uh, almost all of them are women workers, maybe just two or three uh, male workers. And um, and have these workers been organized before or are they fairly young? Do they have a, um, a, um, um, a history of union organizing or this is very much the first time that they've uh, tried to form a union? Uh, for that particular Factory. I think this is the first time that the workers uh, initiated a move to uh, organize a union. Most of the women workers there are uh, quite young. They're, I think, uh, in, from their uh, late uh, 20s to uh, uh, like mid-30s. So can you um, tell us um, very briefly what happened when they started organizing um, and um, and uh, and, the, and the ability for the company to actually sack these workers. Yeah, uh, the move to unionize started as a means to redress uh, workplace grievances, such as uh, uh, complaints against uh, excessive uh, work quota, production quota. Uh, also, the demand for additional benefits like uh, health care uh, insurance. And then even questions of uh, privacy and women's rights because the restroom for women, the door of the restroom was uh, kept uh, open uh, so that uh, supervisors, management personnel could uh, spy on the workers while they were on the restroom break. Mm-hmm. And um, and um, we also um, hear that uh, when they went out and the workers had enough of this harassment, 
uh, they set up the picket line. The picket line was repeatedly attacked by, by thugs. Yeah, since, ever since the union was formed sometime uh, in the middle of this year, uh, management engaged in various forms of uh, interference in the workers' freedom to organize. So they harassed leaders. Uh, they were told that uh, the factory would close if the union was formed. But that didn't prevent uh, the workers uh, forming a union. And then when uh, the, pro- the formal process of uh, unionization proceeded, management uh, set up what is called the company union. They uh, initiated uh, the formation of a uh, management-backed union to compete with the independent union. There was an election held between the two unions, and the independent union won, and that precipitated uh, a move on the part of management to uh, terminate the union president and uh, some uh, five more union members, and then to suspend uh, practically all of the officers and most of the active members. And these suspensions were like uh, laying the ground for their eventual termination. And that and that uh, discriminatory terminations and suspensions prompted the union to, uh, prefer, to prepare and then finally to hold the strike. And when the workers did go on strike, they were continually harassed by uh, export zone guards and police. Uh, on the very night of the strike, uh, the picket line was uh, dismantled by export zone guards repeatedly. And that led to uh, injuries to two women workers. And in terms of, you've mentioned that the um, Cavita Export Processing Zone um, is very much uh, an anti-union uh, area. So have these women workers managed to get some support from uh, other workers in other factories or it's just um, very hard for anyone to um, show some solidarity there? No. Uh, uh, there were... Despite all the, no, despite all the threats and uh, harassment, uh, workers in other factories were expressing their uh, support for the picket line, or at least uh, uh, one one successfully organized union in the Echo Zone uh, regularly visited the picket line and brought uh, material support also from uh, garments workers who were starting to form their own unions. And then just uh, spontaneous ano, expressions of support from unorganized workers within the export zone who gave like cardboard so that the workers could have something to sit and lie on or like verbal expressions from workers in the nearby factories who were shouting their support that the workers should continue and not surrender. Um, our time is running out, unfortunately. Anel, as a last um, question, where is the strike at now and what uh, uh, support can international labour activists uh, offer to these workers? Yeah, the workers are now on their 10th uh, day of uh, strike 
and it's really difficult for them uh, because, of course, uh, most of the women workers are breadwinners for their families. And, of course, it's almost Christmas now. So that, that puts a uh, certain pressure on them. In the last mediation, the workers were actually willing to accept the last offer by management just to uh, finally resolve the issue. Uh, that instead of termination, the union president and a couple of more workers, union, union, unionized workers, will be suspended instead of terminated. However, surprisingly, management insisted on uh, uh, refused uh, the traditional no retaliatory action clause, the case that will settle the strike, but uh, the work all the workers who participated will be will return to work without any penalties. Instead, management insisted that all those who participated in the strike will be put on preventive suspension. That meant, of course, that once you're on preventive suspension, uh, you'll be subject to discipline. And we suspect, of course, that uh, eventually all of them will be terminated. So there was a deadlock in the last mediation two days ago. And so now workers are preparing for uh, a longer dispute. And so all any kind of support by fellow workers, even in Australia, would be uh, most welcome. Uh, they could write to uh, the officials of the Department of Labor and uh, the expert zone, processing zone here, uh, to express their concern. If uh, unions in Australia could uh, provide material support, that of course would help a lot in sustaining the picket line. All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Anna and uh, and we really must go. But uh, thank you for making the effort to um, to talk to us, and uh, we certainly wish all the best to all those uh, striking women workers, and uh, we hope that they'll win their dispute. So um, we'll certainly um, publicise uh, your dispute, and uh, we wish you all the best. And please pass on our uh, solidarity messages to those uh, workers. Yes, uh, thank you too for your solidarity. No worries. Thank you very much and have a great day. See ya. This is James Henry here and you're listening to 3CR, 8.55am and digital streaming on 3cr.org.au. Well, that absolutely takes us to the end of the program. We are, in fact, over time. Um, but, and that is the last program for the, uh, for the year as well, Pierre. That's right. Just for this year. We'll be back at the first Saturday of 2018. So have a, have a great. Uh, have a great summer break, Christmas, etc., etc. No doubt the struggle will continue. I expect that there'll be a blow up. So if you're on the Workers Solidarity contact list, then uh, you will no doubt get some messages from us. That's all from me, Pierre Morrow. We'll uh, speak to you next year. Me, Giselle Hanna. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.